right. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. If this is the first time that you are checking us out, welcome. Really, really excited to have you. This Legal Life is where I talk to luminaries, thought leaders, founders, uh, marketing, business development people, managers about the one thing that drives the legal industry, and that is relationships. Today, I am super excited to be sitting down with a buddy of mine, Scott Lee, who is the CEO and co-founder of AltFee. Scott, what's going on? Welcome to the List of Legal Life podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited for the chat. Yeah, us too. So um, so today we're going to be sitting down. I've known Scott for, for quite a minute now. We were actually just catching up off of uh, off of camera, a couple big life events since we actually caught up, but uh, we won't go into that. But talking about relationships, you know, we're going to talk about something that maybe a lot of people don't think about as a, as a core relationship driver um, in legal, but we're going to talk about AFAs, alternative fee agreements, of course, which is kind of like a... Um, which is kind of like a version of pricing, but of course it's a business model thing, but it's also the way that you kind of communicate with your with your clients, I think, and I think that's the angle that we're going to take. But uh, yeah, Scott, give us a quick update. What's going on in your world? What's up with AltFee? Maybe give us some background, uh, yeah, and how you got into the whole alternative fee. I know you're, your dad, you have a pretty interesting backstory with your dad and sort of pre previous practice, but yeah, give us the give us the quick background. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so at AltFee, we've developed software to help people with this, which is being successful both with their alternative fees. So um, it, it's really helping firms who aren't necessarily pricing under the traditional billable hour be successful with their models. So that's really where we fit um, at AltFee and, and as a company. My background, um, I was a practicing lawyer, practicing attorney before starting AltFee. So I was practicing in corporate commercial for six or seven years. And the firm that I was at, which was my dad's firm, made the decision to provide uh, cost certainty for their clients across the board, which meant moving to alternative fees for every new project that they took on as the pandemic started. And so that was really the start of the deep dive into the world mm -hmm. of alternative fees uh, in a more meaningful way and um, was now the origin of AltFee. But we essentially built out a, a quite a manual system to make sure the firm, which was 25 or 30 people, was going to be successful in this transition. And as we dug deep into that space, it spurred our minds into what this could look like if we added technology into the mix, how powerful that could be. And that was kind of the start of uh, moving away from the practice of law into uh, into legal tech. And here, here we are. Uh, I don't know what it's been, three years? <laughs> three years. Yeah, it all goes by. Um, you know, I uh, I know your backstory about this and, you know, my 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 particular interest is always the lawyer to blank movement. I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a painful move sometimes, but also accelerating. You sort of stretch yourself. I'm, I'm always really interested in that backstory, but today I think we're going to talk about AFA. So why don't you double click maybe on AFAs and talk about like, what's the, what's the state of the market with AFAs? And I know that you're based in Canada, but you service people around the world, us, et cetera, et cetera. Like whenever, What's the big takeaway right now for somebody who's, let's say, still with the billable hour? What's the what's the state of the AFA industry right now when you you're dig you're you're deep into this? So, like, what's the what's our one or two summary about it? Yeah, I think we're at a really interesting point. I mean, one of the things that when we started Altfee during the pandemic, there was this movement towards adoption of technology, um, and I think with everything going on right in this moment with AI and all that, like all of the conversation happening in the industry around this, ultimately what a lot of these things are doing is improving the efficiency in which you carry out your billable work. 
And if you're improving the efficiency in which you carry out your billable work, you have to rethink your pricing model. If you're going to double your bill, your hourly rate, maybe that's an option, but I think you have to step back and think, how am I going to effectively price my services that is going to align with the value that I deliver as a service provider? And if you're do doing that, I think that's where the world of alternative fees is just, in my mind, it's definitely increased over the last couple of years, but I think we're now in a really interesting moment where you know, if we have another conversation six months from now, we could be um, at a very different place than we are right now. And I think what we have seen over the last few years is that virtually every law firm does some type of alternative fee. They're probably doing a fixed fee here or there for, for um, small predictable projects. Um, and what we've seen is that a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people do not have system around this. If you add system into the mix of work that you're already doing or work that you would like to do with fixed fees, it's a really powerful um, movement because I think as human beings and, and as law firms that I speak to, uh, we're typically underpricing and undervaluing our services. And it just gets under an hourly model, we, we don't feel that as much, but under an alternative fee model, you're probably on the lower end of what you can do when you do a good job of scoping and, um, and discussing the value that you're delivering on the front end of, of that work. So yeah. Damn, okay. Yeah, interesting times, a lot to unpack there. Can you actually just go a little bit deep on the, because you brought this up, you know, obviously chat GPT is everybody's favorite. Uh, if you're building a company, my God, yeah. you know, incredible. But um, unpack how chat GPT and then la la la, large language models, AI, automation, all sort of intersects with, with AFAs. Because it might not be, I can see the relationship, but it might not be totally, totally obvious. Yeah, and, and I certainly don't claim to be any sort of expert, but I'm, I'm obviously paying attention to the space as mm. um, the legal industry pushes forward and there's just tremendous conversation happening around it as the technology becomes, um, the, the use cases for the technology become more evident. But I think mm. ultimately what we're talking about that from Altfee's perspective is that there are tools coming out which improve the speed and efficiency in which you can complete work that used to just take time. It used to mm. just take whatever it used to take four hours might take you an hour now, whatever it is for the different projects that you're doing, there's technology that's coming out that's helping that, whether it's research related work, et cetera. So I think for us at AltFee, we're thinking about if the efficiency in which you can complete work is significantly being reduced in certain areas, you have to rethink your pricing model to be successful and, and, um, and make some sense out of this. And it doesn't mean that you're trying to necessarily hit the same number you were before, but I think realigning yourself with the, the, efficiencies in which your business now has certainly makes sense and is conversations we're starting to have little snippets of even in the early days right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think uh, we could go deep into that and man, unpacking what value means. I mean, who, who even knows where all of this is going really? I mean, if it really gets down to, to automation driving this down to minutes from from hours or days i mean it's just it's it's kind of hard to fathom right that the billable hour continues to have sort of legs and traction it's you know whatever we get we could go there um that that side of it there's another side of it of course which is not an efficiency pay not an output play play but what we're going to kind of talk about today which is this idea of how can it enhance client relationships and that's what we kind of want to dig into okay I don't think a lot of people think about this as a relationship play into your clients, but why don't you sort of start out? You know, we had some talking points that, uh, that we kind of agreed to, and there's like three main, three main talking points. The first is something around predictability and why 
why AFAs deliver predictability and how that influences uh, the relationship. The second is shared risk. Um, I think that's interesting. You know, maybe maybe unpacking what shared risk means. Um, risk, ooh, scary. And then the last is collaboration, which is, hmm, I you know, AFAs can drive collaboration with my client. That sounds good. Collaboration seems good. But yeah, these are the three things that, you know, let's say the three takeaways about why, but why don't we start with, let's start with predictability. And and maybe even before that, you know, what's the, what's the TLDR? Why do AFAs really matter whenever it comes to client relationships? What's the, what's the secret there? What's the nugget in there? Yeah, I think, uh, I think these three categories, there's tons of overlap here. I think, uh, one one leads to the other and leads to the other in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, I think we can start start with predictability. Um, yeah, it's the 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 movement towards uh, I guess the movement away from the billable hour. Ultimately, what you're doing is it encourages um, more meaningful conversations up front, and we've always viewed a movement towards alternative fees, if done well, a win-win-win for the three major stakeholders: the the law firm the clients and the legal professionals that work there. And we believe strongly in that if the model is done well, that each of those parties can win under this arrangement. And mm-hmm. so the predictability piece, and obviously a huge component of that is the relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. And so we, it's, it's not a surprise. Um, one, of the, one of the major movers, um, if not the major mover, depending on what survey you're looking at, is client demand being a primary driver for people moving towards alternative fees. Mm-hmm. And okay. that, that ultimately is about predictability, right? That's a huge component of it for big business and for small um, or for individuals walking into um, a a lawyer's office. And, you know, I think there's a natural feeling of, um, unless you have experience doing it, it's not the most natural feeling. And there's a bit of nerve around what am I getting myself into, but even just financially, let alone everything Uh else that you're probably managing with that. So the idea that through upfront conversation as a, as a legal professional, we, as a law firm, we can provide more predictability so that with, with certainty or a level of certainty that isn't just here's my hourly rate, um, I'm going to be able to give that to a client is a really powerful thing that fundamentally changes that relationship from the first conversation that you have moving forward. Yeah, I've heard you talk about this a lot before, you know, specifically around the idea of first conversations, you know, yeah. this uh, this idea of it's like, but that's kind of where the rub starts. Do you want to say a little bit more about first conversations? And I think, you know, this gets into what alt fee, I think, uh, uh, allows you, but it's, um, let's just quick diversion and say like, you know, pricing and confidence and coming to those coming to that first meeting and trying to scope things can be difficult. Of course, we can like open up Pandora's on this, but, but say something about, say something about that, say something about that first meeting and sort of even just speaking to predictability, maybe it's like, what, what, what's the takeaway? That's the three point takeaway around that. Yeah. I think, you know, you, the, the typical, let's use the, let's use a comparison for now uh, on the traditional billable hours. You, you, you quickly get to rates, um, You, right. know, you maybe get to an estimate for the project, depending what it is, um, and then you're kind of off and running. And so that's not a very collaborative way to begin uh, a relationship with anyone. And so I think what what a movement towards alternative fees, and we use alternative fees obviously broadly right now in what we're talking about, but uh-huh. pushing people more towards some level of certainty, you're naturally going to have a level of conversation on the front end that it's an investment um, as, as the lawyer, which which feels at times a bit odd when when traditionally we view our time as so valuable that how could I invest without having some known 
result that's going to come, i.e. I get paid X amount of dollars. Um, mm. So I think to start a relationship as a, as a legal professional to say, I'm going to invest time in us collaborating, having co meaningful conversation to understand what is the scope of this project? What are we getting ourselves into? It, it, it kind of does two things. One is a law firm as a lawyer. What it's doing is, yes, it's allowing me to better understand the scope of the project in which we're carrying on. That's just a healthy way to approach things in my mind. Uh -huh, Obviously, uh -huh. it's a huge piece of what we do at Altfee is, is help with that. And then on the flip side, what you're doing is by, by investing in that conversation, your relationship is getting better and they're going to better understand both the depth and the value of what you're providing in the service at the end of the day. And so if you can, if you can have that conversation up front, and I'm not saying this has to be five hours investment. Sometimes this can be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, it, it's going to allow you to nail your scope in a much more meaningful way and also allow that, that, um, that client of yours to better understand exactly what you're doing and what you're going to deliver. Uh -huh. Obviously, that for us at the at the far end of one spectrum is like doing that and providing absolute certainty of, okay, we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. We can provide X amount for this project if, if you can do that, which isn't always the case. But if you can do that, that's the ultimate in predictability on their end. That's the ultimate of comfort on their end that we know exactly where we're going. And even if you're somewhere closer to that, maybe you're stage one of five stages and you can offer predictability on that first stage, that's powerful. That's a much more powerful step towards building that um, solid relationship. Okay. For sake of time, I mean, we could go, we could go deep into that and, you know, just a, just a good plug here for alt fee. I know that they have a bunch of resources on that first, on that first meeting on how to show up uh, sort of with predictability, predictability for yourself, predictability for the client, how to sort of bridge that because it can't be an awkward conversation and it can be uncharted territories that, that sort of, that endeavor. So uh, shout out to sort of like Alfie and all the content that they put out and and even obviously the software, et cetera, et cetera. For the sake of time, let's go to something else you brought up, which is this idea of collaboration. Um, you said that, you know, you have to kind of collaborate to, to get into this predictability. Let's talk about collaboration and why it's important for relationship building. Bridge, talk to me like I'm five years old. How does collaboration help with relationships this idea it seems self-explanatory clearly and uh, and if you have a partner or any any good relationship is based on on collaboration but um yeah maybe maybe let me bridge that yeah. for the lawyer and the client you know what what's what's happening there yeah and i think it's it's kind of a two-parter i think we're we're coming at it from the collaboration between let's say lawyer and client um but i think secondary is also the collaboration that it encourages internally so i think We'll start with the first and it'll lead into the second. So off the start, as I, as I sort of just described, that conversation that you have, the idea that we have to, you and you know, myself as a lawyer and a client have to agree upon the scope of the work and maybe agree on that dollar amount or at least agree upon an arrangement um, pricing-wise that is going to work for both of us. I mean, you almost have to collaborate in one way or another in order to get to that point. And uh -huh. once you do... That's when that's when things really set off, right? Because now, myself as a lawyer and the client, we're on the same team. We have an outcome that we have identified that we're that we're working towards. There should be absolute alignment between where we're going. Of course, things always can happen, but what, myself as a practicing lawyer, one of the things that was a struggle was this misalignment between the client and the lawyer. In I'm financially rewarded as a lawyer for the inefficiency in which I carry out a project when obviously that's not uh, for all those that I 
help serve us, obviously not how I practice, but um, this movement towards the collaboration up front, agreeing upon an outcome, it's so powerful because immediately we're on we're aligned in terms of where we're headed. And so that's this relationship. And what actually happens underneath that is that internally at the law, at the law firm, the same thing's happening because I'm now not individually motivated based on some billable hour target. We're actually all looking at, hey, here's what we're trying to get to. Let's say we're going to draft this agreement. Now, what is the best reason what is the best allocation of our internal resources for us to get there? Because that's all that we're trying to do, get there with quality, like we would if anyone was doing this project. And so it's kind of a two-level collaboration. It certainly happens on the on the front end with the client, and then it also happens internally. And that shift, it, it takes this very um, I think traditional silo individualistic sort of approach often that we find in law firms and really moves you more to a team environment with um, similar goals headed towards this outcome together as a group. And it's when, when it happens, it's a really powerful thing to see take place. Yeah. Okay. Let's, um, you know, it might be, I track all of that. Could you do something which is, you know, let's talk about, let's, 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 um, Let's contrast the collaboration that is theoretically and well, not theoretically, it does happen and you know it happens in the in the context of an alt fee. And let's maybe let's take this drafting agreement idea and let's kind of compare it just for illustrative purposes with the idea of kind of like the billable hour. I, I, I'm just sort of like just paint a vignette maybe of like, you know, if this was like an ad, it'd be like on the left is like the billable hour version on the right is the bill is the is the is the alternative fee. And I think you've already kind of gone into this a little bit, which is, you know, on the left hand, you have highly individualistic, maybe uh, doing it by themselves. Um, well, anyway, I think you get yeah. the prompt, basically. Yeah. I, so I think we can. So traditional bill hour style would be, um, you know, you're going to talk about your rate. Um, you're going to talk about the rates probably that if you have other staff working on it, probably the rates of all of us. Um, and then if there's some understanding off the start of, of relative ease of, of experience around this, you might provide an estimate of, you know, we're drafting this agreement. It's going to be somewhere between four and $8,000, whatever it uh -huh. is, um, let's say. So we know, we know how that story goes often um, right. in terms of the back end, which I think is really important not to forget about the back end conversations. Um, and we can come back to that, but, uh, so that's billable hour. Now, what under an alternative fee model, depending the type that you're going after, um, uh -huh. what you're doing is you're having a conversation. You're actually having to ask quite a bit in order to understand where we're going. It's not just I want a shareholders agreement. It's okay. That's the starting point. Now we have to dig many layers deeper in order for us to understand what we're actually going to be able to both need to do in terms of the complexity of this thing, but also what we can deliver in terms of value. And so what we encourage people to do whether you're in alt fee or not is have the different considerations that um, that you as a law firm want to look at every time you do this specific project type. So, how many shareholders are there going to be? You know, how sophisticated is this business? Is it a startup that's just getting going? Are we an operating business? Um, you know, we, we're going to look into these various things that are going to both create complexity in terms of the actual work that we do, but also maybe improve the value. One of the really interesting things slight tangent, but I know value caught mm -hmm, your attention mm -hmm. earlier and it's such a mm -hmm. fascinating thing because it's difficult. Um, mm -hmm. One of our, our initiatives at Alt Fee at the beginning of the year was launching this directory of alternative fee focused firms. So we're really trying to build mm -hmm. more community around alternative fee focused firms. Part of that was getting all these firms that joined to complete a short survey. Um, we're now aggregating the survey results into a report. Um, and so as we aggregate these, these 
uh, data points, it's really interesting because one of the questions we asked was around value-based considerations. And a very high percentage of firms joining say they do take value into consideration. But I've talked to hundreds of firms now, and there's very little true system around the approach because there's a bit of an art to it. Um, but I think there can be a little bit of science to it as well. And it's actually inspired us to create a feature designated just for this, which we're, which we're actually developing right now, which has just gone through testing, which is really exciting because I think there's ways in which we can better facilitate the conversations to understand what they do value. What are the questions that we could ask to understand what they do value? And I think, you know, this, this may be getting a little bit philosophical in terms of actual strategies that people take and all that, but upfront, if you're asking those interesting questions to understand what do you care about? What does success look like for you? You're naturally going to lead yourself down a path of um, that, that, that true alignment that we're aiming for mm -hmm. as you commence the start of a new project, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. I, um, that's, that's, that's really helpful. And I think the vignette, um, the vignette is really, really cool to see sort of the before and after. Maybe that's a good alt the uh, ad that you guys should yeah, run, yeah, you know, the, yeah. two, the two, by the, the two side billboard. by side. <laughs> yes, exactly. Big billboard. That'd be dope. That'd be really cool. So, um, that one's for that one. That one's uh, that that one's coming up of the LP. Uh, okay, cool. So let's um, for sake of time, you know, we're gonna kind of move into the last, which is it's it's interesting, you know, shared risk. And I think that this is risk is a bad word. Risk is risk is not cool. But let's flip this on its head and shared risk. That seems interesting. That actually seems accretive, uh, to use a fancy word. You know, it's uh, building and it's sort of sharing the responsibilities, right? It's uh, everybody washes the dishes a little bit and all the dishes get done. So you want to talk a little bit about shared risk and sort of how to think about that and how not to get like defensive about, well, I don't want any risk. Why, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't? Why would I want? Why would I take risk? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, there's so much natural um, overlap between these different areas that we're talking right. about and, and shared risk really falls into it, honestly, a similar category. Um, so again, we can draw, we can draw the vignette, we can draw the comparison of what the billable hour looks like, because I just, and I, I am not the billable hour never makes sense. I understand why people use sure. it. I understand why it's been right. driven in our industry for a long time, but I obviously believe strongly in, in the movement towards it and what it, what it can do um, with alternatives mm. when, when done well. So I think with the billable hour approach as a lawyer is essentially putting all of that risk, conceptually all of that risk on the client because uh -huh. I have a rate, I'm just going to start working and in my mind, I'm going to get paid for all of it. I think that's a, another huge conversation piece is the end of the arrangement, the end of the project and a misconception that I think we all have as lawyers that if my rate is X, I'm actually getting paid that when you look at, um, without getting too far down the path of, of so our realization, <laughs> yeah. realization and collection rates, right. the math right. is, is pretty scary what people are actually collecting on. And mm -hmm. that is a, a big motivator for me in, in getting people moving in the direction of alternative fees is your collection rates should be 99.99%. Um, your billing realization rate should be much higher than it is under a billable hour. Okay. Put that put that aside, but it is an exciting piece of alternative fees, and I think it does to some degree play into um, into shared risk because I think our our um, approach as lawyers under the billable hour is that we are really putting all of that risk on the client, but it's not true if we're not true if we're not going to collect on everything that we record at the end of the day. Um, but but then there's a range of alternative fees in terms of how much risk we share. There's slight drop downs to like the pure billable hour where 
you know, the, you know, you may be quite heavily rooted still in the billable hour. There may be some caps to it. Um, there may be some blended rates attached to it, but really you're kind of under that model. And then there's a shift all the way down to the other end in which it's sort of like that absolute certainty, no matter what happens in this, I'm only going to charge you X. Um, you know, obviously there's projects in which that works really well. And so there's this huge range in kind of where you, where you can fit on the spectrum. But I think this idea, even conceptually, wherever, you, wherever the type of alternative fee you're using um, exists on that spectrum, conceptually, it, it, for, the, for the purpose of the relationship in terms of what we're talking about, that idea that we are going to share risk, both of us are going to share risk going through this experience. Usually, I'm, I'm the lawyer. I'm supposed to be the expert. Um, I should be able to do a pretty good job of analyzing where we're going to head in this project. And therefore, I probably should take on some level of risk associated with it when it makes sense for all those parties, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I um, now I, you know, your point about how much overlap um, is kind of shared is is really a good one. And I couldn't, but I can't help thinking, you know, there's it's kind of like a funnel. I mean, I'm a marketer, so everything I think of is like funnels or loops <laughs> and uh, all things. But you know, it's like, in some ways, you. Know, for purposes of the relationship, it kind of maps to every stage of, let's say, the client journey in a way. Just go with me on this. It's it's a half thought out idea. I'm just talking through with you. You know, in some sense, when you're starting, when you're starting the relationship, you know, it drives this idea of getting very aligned on what is ultimately valuable for in terms of outcomes for the actual client. It's kind of like a trigger function for that. Okay, so you got like these upfront agreements, these upfront understandings, you have alignment philosophically, strategically, and even monetarily, it seems like, okay. Next is, you know, through the life cycle, through the actual work, you know, you have this idea of a little bit of shared risk. You're you're kind of going through, you guys, you know, it's it comes out in the wash, but you know, it's all it's all working and Again, it's like everybody's doing the dishes a little bit and you're and you're moving forward. And then, you know, the kicker on this is you're also collaborating a little bit more because you got an end point that you're trying to get at. Okay. And then you kind of go and like, you know, the the matter ends and you kind of in between the matter, in some ways, at the end of this matter, and and that weird, you know, that time between matters. You don't have these strange conversations around realization, around chopping down risks, about why did you send this to me, looking through the bill. It's like you end, it's not like it's all, you know, it's not, it, but there's a bow on it or something like this. You know, it's like the realization, if the realization was high, then everybody's, if the realization is 99%, that, that means everybody's kind of happy, right? Because the person's willing to pay it and you nailed it in terms of, in terms of what you like, sort of like scope. So as you yeah. end it's kind of like it's kind of like a good way to end the relationship and of course the end of one thing begins something else always right when you close one door because so anyway that that was like my mental model and sort of like a funnel does that track in terms of like yeah. the client life cycle no. and this is kind of like the meta meta sort of flavor of how this all kind of goes and and yeah anyway you get yeah, what I'm i think it does i think it does i think it does track and i think you're right like you you just explained the life cycle um and it's really it's maybe less of a funnel more of a circle because it's just yeah, that's right that, exactly whatever that next the next one is and i think that's one of the really powerful things like one of the i i'm sure there are some out there but um uh, virtually every lawyer that you talk to has had the experience of sending on an invoice after doing work and yeah kind of sitting there hoping like i don't have to have the conversation because it's not that i don't think it's a, it's valuable, but I just know how they're sitting on their end and it's going to be a, a tough conversation. And to finish 
a project with that being the last touch point of the relationship is yeah, negotiation over fees, which happens so, so often, so often, right? That's why realization rates and collection rates are low, um, is just such an unhealthy way to kind of bring a stop to that individual project in that relationship. One of, you know, one of the things we see with our customers, which is, is just so awesome that they'll, and this isn't just um, alt fee customers, but anyone that adopts this, the model is by having all those conversations up front, agreeing upon scope, agreeing upon a fee structure, um, all, when they actually send the invoice out at the end of a project, there's really nothing to talk about. You, you might even, all, all you might say is essentially like, I've, I've just, I've done what I said I was going to do. Here's the dollar amount versus the traditional one where you have like line item after line item. And you end up in conversation around like, hey, why were you talking to Jill down the hall? And I mean, shouldn't that be up to the experts of figuring out how do we best accomplish this internally to get to the outcome? It really shouldn't matter as long as everyone's happy with the, the outcome and you pre-agree to everything else. That's why collection rates should be 99.99% um, or whatever they should be high um, based on the experience that you're having. And as you said, I mean, that's just the end of this project is the start of the next project or the start of the referral that should be the next project for you. And right. finishing on that positive note of just sort of bringing this to a, a whole um, to, to back out into the front end. I think this is something that is sort of a, um, maybe not talked about as much because it's just not as happy. Um, but I think on the front end, what, what also will happen is you're going to, through that upfront conversation, you're going to pretty quickly figure out, is there a good fit between client and lawyer and law firm, which is really powerful when you've been on the back end of those conversations yeah, um, that, right. are, that aren't good ones. <laughs> Um, right. you'd much, you'd much rather invest the time up front, understand what we're getting ourselves into, make sure the alignment is there in terms of where we're, wh who we are as people and where we're headed in terms of this project versus, you know, the invoice comes across at the end of it. And then you're having those difficult conversations, which are just very rarely going to end. If, if the alignment wasn't there, they're very rarely going to end in a, in a positive way that's going to carry forward to the, the positive referral of the next project with them. So, yeah, I think, um, your, your, your mental model, um, uh -huh. around it def definitely aligns, and that final final piece of putting a bow on it should be a really positive one, right? We've yeah. accomplished a thing together. It should be a really positive one. Yeah, totally. And just to link, just to link AFAs with you know the world of Nexel, which is the world of Nexel is uh, BD and better relationship building, right? I mean, think about it. Most people are doing BD between those matters, right? It's your sort of you're following up, you're engineering, you're inviting them to events, uh, you're helping with marketing, you're delivering, you know, all all of these all of these relationship touch points that you're driving. That's kind of awkward when the last relationship, the last point that you had was them telling you they're going to not pay 40%. If I, you know, subconsciously, all the lawyers out there listening, do you feel like you have an aversion to BD? Because the the, the other one was just like a conversation about money, you know, and they were chopping you down and, and telling you it was, you know, less 40%, 35% or whatever the realization rates actually are and whatever the discount rates are. I mean, I'm just started, sort of putting these two things yeah. together. I never actually put together business well and, and BD, uh, BD and billables and sort of the model and specifically, but it just seems, I mean, everything's related obviously, right? But, um, yeah, but yeah no, it's, it seems like there's a lot there. Yeah, cool. Let's, um, let's, let's wrap up uh, with one thing, which is I was on the site, uh, alt fee, uh alfie.co if i'm not mistaken um alfie, is that right alfie, alfieco.com 
alfico.com. Yeah. You know, there's a really interesting button there on top of the take the demo, which I, I would push everybody to take a demo. Uh, there's an ROI calculator that I mm -hmm. thought was really interesting. You want to talk a little bit about that? What does that even mean? How are you sort of thinking through that? Um, yeah. I love a calculator and I love an ROI, you know, and hopefully ROI means more than just dollar dollar figures. You know, I think we talked about the relationship part of it, the yeah. squishy yeah. part of it. But yeah, there there isn't, there is a, dollar value right that that sort of you can start to think about you want to say more about that yeah no it's it's uh, it's great you got onto that yeah it's something that we built over um yeah the last few months um and and something that i think is really interesting and, and it is more financially focused but as you indicated uh, there's so many and as you can tell in how i talk there's so many soft benefits that are so um deeply aligned with alternative fees that i feel strongly in but the actual financial opportunity we do feel strongly in as well. And so what that calculator allows you to do, it actually ties into a lot of the stuff we've been talking around in terms of realization rates and collection rates, but it kind of does the math, lets you run some math on typical projects you may do, the resource, the internal resources that it may take you under an hourly model, you know, number of humans, average hourly rates, and what that would typically output in terms of uh, a dollar amount, apply some percentage discounts that naturally happen through um, average realization rates and average collection rates, and just compare that to if you took the approach of doing that project um, using an alternative fee, providing some of that predictability and certainty up front, um, what that could look like in terms of the actual output at the end of the day financially, the, the, the opportunity for you as a law firm. And what we believe, it, it, the combination of things um, from those three major stakeholders that we feel like can all benefit from under, under this experience is one of the misconceptions, I think, is that by using alternative fees that law firms are worse off. And I don't think that's the case because if you do a good job of scoping the work, having that conversation, um, that client understanding value, and then agreeing upon the fees directly and indirectly, when you start figuring out internally how we're going to carry that workout, there's incredible opportunities to build businesses that are scalable, not just in adding more humans or getting those humans to work more time. There's actually an ability to create efficiencies, um, thinking more like a traditional business model, efficiencies of your business, um, who should be doing this work. What, what technology can we add to the mix in order to help automate some of this to get to the finish line that always has to be quality for us to, to be nailing it as a law firm. But um, yeah, so anyway, back to the calculator, it sort of does a bit of a calculation around this, lets you get an understanding for what this shift could do for you um, as a law firm, whether you're a solo, a small or larger, um, it, it kind of lets you run the math on it a little bit and get a sense for what we believe is, is true opportunity under this model. Yeah, totally. All right. I um, I think we're going to get out of here. Another dynamic, this legal life, obviously I'm biased because I'm the one doing it, but uh, you know, always good. <laughs> always good. Always good hanging out with you. I uh, plug some stuff. I don't know. You got that survey slash report coming out. I know, you know, the content is great that you guys put out on there. It's really cool. Um, hit up Scott on LinkedIn and, you know, he's a wealth of knowledge on this. He's one of our BOL experts on, on alt fees. Anything cool coming up? What's going on? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know how much we can share, but we, we got some stuff going on with Nexel as well um, mm. coming up in the not too distant future, which is exciting. Sure. But yeah, as you said, we got um, the directory, which any firms that are providing alternative fees can join um, through our website. You can access it there. Uh, always exciting to have more firms joining that and, and extending our community around um, alternative fees. Uh, that's really exciting. And that, yeah, we got some we got some stuff coming up in terms of the product, the value-based what we're calling value-based modifiers. Um, that's that's really exciting because we're we're sort of entering this space that uh, we haven't seen anyone enter, and I think is really really valuable um, for people that are trying to find the mix between 
scoping their work, assigning value, asking the appropriate questions um, through that experience to really agree upon that fee at the end, you know, before the project starts. So um, yeah, we've got some good stuff in the hopper. And uh, as you said, um, feel free to pass along my info and always interested to connect with people who want to chat alternative fees. For sure. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, to come back and final point on this, you know, you talked, we talked a little bit about how much changes in the legal industry right now. It's almost like a, it's almost like a cliche. Yeah. But you know, it's oh, it is, it is changing a lot. And then we have this thing with chat GPT and sort of the driving down of real generative kind of like work. Interesting. Who knows the point all of, of all of this is being that, you know, change is inevitable. It's the only constant, right, in the world. It's basically change. And at the end of the day, I think grabbing this and moving forward in in a positive mark um, really puts you puts you in a proactive, uh, high agency, high impact sort of uh, capability. So you know, I think um, you know, always moving forward, always trying to get better. All of those cliches uh, just makes you defensible and makes you, you know, at the end of the day, maybe even just makes things fun, right? Because things are happening, change is happening. It's not, it's not on the margins anymore. It's, it's in the mainstream and it's in the middle. So anyway, yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be great. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Another This Legal Life in the Can with Scott Lee, the co-founder and CEO of Alt feed. Be sure to check them out. Be sure to check out uh, that ROI calculator. If you like this, please like, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows uh, what to do. Uh, give it a thumbs up. But uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And Scott, I appreciate you. Take care. All right. Thanks, Ben. Take care. See you, everybody.